Hello, everyone. It's Cindy Novotny, and I'm back for another incredible episode of My Secrets to Stamina. For any new listeners, welcome. I'm thrilled to have you join us. And to my loyal followers, which is amazing that I've now gotten so many loyal followers, welcome back. I've been talking for over a year now on this platform about what my secrets are, like living with no balance and loving it, and my key to stamina. The last two years were crazy, and so this was a way to kind of get out to everybody. But now I've had some amazing guests, and I'm going to continue to bring you the best of the best. I love the fact that everyone who's listening to this podcast, no matter what role they play in life, wants to improve their life every day. Everyone has a dream. Everybody has a journey. And my goal is to help you be the most successful and live the life you want to live. They deem me the radical mentor, and I will help you live your life without the standard definition of balance and have the stamina to do it all. So let's do this today. I am so happy to have one of my dear friends, and I mean dear friends. We've been through a lot together, ups and downs, ins and outs. Marcy Bloom is joining me today. She is honestly the best, and I do consider her a very dear friend. How do I even begin to introduce such a force like Marcy? If you aren't familiar with her, she is one of the most sought-after luxury event planners in the world. Her expertise, knowledge, and flawless execution sets her apart from people all over the place and People that are fortunate to know her, she takes everything to the next level. She crafts her events with sanity, humor, innovation, and style. Uh, she doesn't follow the rules or the trends. She is an event. I never can say it right, but I'm going to have her tell you. She's like, you know, a phenomenal word, eventitist. You'll say it, Marcy, in a minute. And all around, she is a kick-ass woman, which is why, as a kick-ass woman myself, I love her. Welcome, Marcy. Thank you, Cindy. And um, may I, first of all, congratulate you on this podcast. It's, it's been pretty phenomenal. And um, in a well, thank you. podcast where everybody is like, oh, no, I'll have a podcast. Yours is standing out. And honestly, uh, not to sound obnoxious, but I can't help myself. I turn them down every day. But when you asked who I really do consider a mentor, uh, I was anxious and eager to do it. So thanks for having me. Oh, good. And how do I say that word about you? Oh, eventiste. I made it up as a joke. And now I know. Everybody, you know, I, was like, I was like, oh, you want to seem pretentious? Watch this. But uh, <laughs> it's not. So but I love it. I make up words too, but then I forget them the next day. So that's yeah. how it goes. Well, I am really honored to have you on here. And I, I mean that genuinely. And, you know, many people listening know you. There's a lot of people from our industry, from hospitality and from events. But now, because I have so many people following me from law firms, from corporations, from consultant companies, hospitals, I mean, it's amazing. I would love for you to share uh, with everyone listening how this all started. I mean, I'm going to say one thing before I let you go. I want yeah. everyone to know that when I first met Marcy, I adored her. She seemed to be kind of like a sistery type to me because we are similar. Although she was oh, yeah. had the, yeah. we are very similar. <laughs> very much. And so I invited her to my home. She was going to be in LA. And I said, she had like three days in between. I said, you can come and stay. And it was cold and wintry. Um, clearly I didn't do my homework very well. So number one, I 
didn't at that point know she attended the Culinary Institute of America and is a chef. Secondly, I didn't know she didn't actually eat, you know, meat. And I made like mac and cheese with ham. That was hilarious. And she sat down, we had the fire going nice wise. And she was so gracious. She's like, oh my gosh, this is great. And then she just pushed the ham aside. I go, oh, you don't like ham? No, I don't eat that. And a lot of good wine from your wine cellar. So it I was love great. it. So yeah. let's go ahead and tell everybody how it all started for you. Okay, well, I uh, succinctly, I had gone to performing arts high school, you know, which is the fame uh, high school and studied acting and then acted for a little while and realized I didn't want to wait on tables for the rest of my life in order to support my acting career. So uh, when I graduated high school, my friends and I actually bought a farm in Vermont because in 1970, that's what you do. And we started a commune and uh, 30 of us from New York planted vegetables upside down for a year until we realized that we were going to starve to death. (laughs) And uh, I came home and went and I sat in my parents' apartment and watched uh, soap operas and let's make a deal for a year until they said, you have to do something. So I wound up, uh, my brother was living in Paris and his girlfriend uh, called and said, why don't you apply to Cordon Bleu? Because my mother was a great cook and I love to cook. So I went and I... um, I was accepted. It was easy. And I spent three months in Paris cooking at Cordon Bleu and I loved it so much. I came back and I took every cooking class there was in New York. And then the Culinary Institute decided to uh, admit females, which they hadn't before. So they took wow. 50 of us. And there I did. I went up to Poughkeepsie for two years. And um, that's what happened. I came back. I worked as a cooking teacher, a food consultant. And my now ex-husband, who at that time was going to be, you know, uh, my boss just uh, was opening a bunch of restaurants and I met him through my brother and some other friends. And he said, do you want to come on board as a food consultant? And I did. And I wound up running all the events, blah, blah, blah. And then people started asking me if I would do things outside the restaurants. And as I always say, you know, when you're 23, 24, you know, everything. So I was like, of course I can do that. Don't be ridiculous. So um, I planned a bunch of things where I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, but I was, since I had studied acting, I was good at bluffing and it, that's what happened. It just kept I going. Yeah. Well, obviously you uh, did a good job at that. And I think, you know, one of the <laughs> things I, yeah. <laughs> I honestly think that I look at you when you were 22, 23 and me about the same time in our lives, same group of living. And I now look at some of the 22 and 23 year olds and I go, how could you be so tired when you're like 25? I mean, I bump into people all the time and they're just like, oh my gosh, it's just exhausting. And I'm thinking when I was your age, I was managing nightclubs in Chicago. I literally could sleep in a suit. I could not mess my makeup up and literally get up, you know, brush my teeth, wash my face a little bit and go right back to work. And now it's like, oh, they got to have this and they got to have that. So exhausted. They're all exhausted. I know. I know. And I have to say, I'm glad that we were able to be who we were at that time in our life. Me too. Yeah. Good time. Like I laugh now, even the dating sites and some of my, my friends that their kids are online. I go, God, back in the day, I just walked into a bar, sat down, started chatting who was next to me. And I mean, wow, I had more free dinners and great. And I people, many of the people listening perhaps don't know what you look like. But she's this adorable little TNA thing. So if she, even if she sat down at a bar now, the same thing would happen. So <laughs> that's just the way it is. Yeah, it's adorable. <laughs> so, so obviously, no matter what industry you're in, it's been one of the most stressful times of our lives. Um, 
in many ways uh, in the past two years, especially for the wedding, the events, the hospitality industry that you and I both are in. And, you know, you and I talked a lot during uh, the beginning of COVID. I mean, we came home. I mean, I just have to, I laugh at the, at the memory of this, you know, we were in Dubai. I mean, you, wasn't that insane? Yep. I mean, let's just take a moment here. Okay. I've been through H1N1 swine flu, bird flu. I went to the Olympics in Rio and had to help, you know, the hotels worry about the Zika virus. And so I was like, you know, Hey, this doesn't bother me two weeks to flatten curve. And you're like, okay, wait, I am, I gotta, I gotta make sure, you know, you came in, you had the gloves. You're like, don't interrupt the Lysol, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Don't touch me. And then we're all on the roof, the Burj, you know, Khalifa dancing and sweating and hugging and people kissing (laughs) Right. And I, I think to myself, wow, what a ride. Then we got back and, you know, our industry went through so much. Um, there's been so much angst, I think, you know, in this world. So it's not just the COVID. There was so much angst in everything, you know, the vax, the no vax, the this, the that, the, you know, the, the, the issues. Now we got, you know, wars going. I mean, like craziness, but we would talk and try to figure out what can we do. And none of us like the word pivot. We weren't going to get out of the business we're in. But I love because you were really good at figuring out where you were going to take it to the next level. And I, you know, I did that very first um, engage webinar where there was like 1500 people on that. And I said that I believe that anything that comes in fast goes out fast. I didn't say it was going to go out in two weeks to flatten the curve, but (laughs) when it, when it went out, it was going to go out with like a big, big bang. Right. So Tell me a little bit about, you know, what did you do and tell the the people listening to really keep yourself going and set you apart to keep you so the future was brighter than the past? You know, because I'm older now and because it's you, I'm going to be totally candid. The truth is, uh, as a young woman, you know, starting working and everything, I I suffered pretty badly uh, from depression. And, um, and, and I tell you this because, and I've heard this from other people and I've read it from those of us who, who have that gene are when really horrible things happen, actually do better than most people, which I know sounds counterintuitive because the truth is you're sort of somewhere always braced for the worst. Right. Uh, So because of it, I was a little less freaked out than, uh, I, and I'm, I'm sorry, you know, it's true. So not that I wasn't freaked out, but I was like, okay, you know, cause I always walk around with the sky is falling. I mean, as <laughs> Destin, who I live with will say, I answer the phone going, what's wrong. So um, because of that, I was, I, you know, obviously I was frightened because I, I did think it was the end, uh, not of the world, but I did think it was the end of our business as we know it. And um you know, so I did, I did some things that were uncharacteristically smart and lucky. And I got rid of my office very quickly because we pay an, we were paying an exorbitant amount of money. And I saw that this wasn't, and it was illegal at that point. You couldn't have a party in New York. Right. So right. I went to the landlord. I was like, I don't, you know, I'm not being coy here. We, <laughs> we, my business is currently outlawed, so I'm not going to pay this. And they gave me a hard time, but I, let them keep the security deposit. And I moved out and that saved me, you know, several hundred thousand dollars a year, which really made a huge difference. Yes. I, many people held on longer and it was worse. 
So there was that. And all the things that you always think you're going to want to do if you ever had the chance to have a real vacation, whatever that word means. Or right. I was like, this is stupid, Marcy. Let's just let's just try to look at this in a positive way. So I did work out every day, which certainly has not happened since. And, <laughs> and I did try to organize my days. So I cooked every day, uh, which I haven't done in a million years either. And it made a big difference. I was like, at least we're going to go. Those two things are going to happen every day. If you lie in bed crying in between, that's okay. But you're going to get those two things done. And it really saved me. Yeah. And I think, and and then, and cooking makes you happy. And you said earlier, yes. I mean, you love right. doing it and I love doing it. And I never get to do it. So. Right. And I yeah. think, you know, for me, um, cooking was, a, it was, was quite a chore for me. I was lit because it was only the month of April that I was home because we started traveling again in May to open yeah. up all the resorts. But I, um, it was a chore. You know, I'd go to the grocery store and literally I would follow the other women around the store and what they bought, I bought. And then I'd say to them, like, what do you do with that, actually? I mean, it was just, you know, it was kind of a chore, but I did it. But the one thing I did was I kept working every day. You know, we had to furlough some people, but I the the corporate team took, you know, 30 percent pay cuts, but they came yep. to work five days a week, full on, full hours. And we we made up work. I mean, we called we were calling every client, just checking in. What can we do? Yep. I did all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that if people the people that just sat back, like you said, and just like cried and the world's coming to an end. Those are the ones I think that might have had a harder time. And I I do I do think that if you've gone through hardship or gone through, like you said, depression, or you've had personal things right. or, and being a little older, that's what I'd say to people. Look, I've been there, done that. This is not the right. first time. Exactly. So I think that makes a huge difference. And I do think that this generation, the younger generation, um, you know, other than nine 11, and some of them don't, weren't even around for that because that's how long ago it was. They hadn't gone through a, a depression in, in, in a recession, okay. you know that's what I mean? So, yep. Yeah. And so those of us that knew what a victory garden was, and those of us that, you know, had parents that raised chickens in the city and didn't have a Martha Stewart farm kind of got it. And others were just kind of like, wow. So I do think that age was on our side at that point, which that was for okay. Sure. For yeah. sure. Cause it wasn't, if you've, if you've lived through things before, you, you have a sense, you know, it, it's in your, what do they call it? Your uh, muscle memory almost. Yeah. That you're going to live through it again. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So if we get real about this, I know it is hard though for, to keep that stamina going. And like you said, you are working out every day and now you're so busy. Um, but when you look at yourself and the fact that you speak at all these different events, you know, how do you actually manage it all? Because you do. And running the events that you run, are not just like, hi, I'm give, throwing a little party. Hi, I just booked another little wedding. These are massive events that are usually several days long, not, not just in your own backyard. And you also continue speaking, um, not just at Engage, but at, at other uh, you know, events throughout the year. So how do you manage it all? Well, I mean, that's, it's actually hilarious for you to ask me, but I'm sure everybody knows about you and your... Uh, bizarre metabolism that uh, <laughs> seems to keep you running on, I don't know what fumes. However, I will say that uh, a couple of things. One thing is I definitely don't do what I used to do, which I'm sad to say, you know, I usually am out every single night, but the truth is you can't go out and drink and eat every night and manage to be totally centered and in the moment. 
So right. I, I have started looking at my calendar and going, okay, if this is someone I really want to see or a dinner I, I really have to have, then that's it for the week. You know, two, let's say, because I just, I just cannot run at my potential if I'm out every night and I can't go out and not have a good bottle of wine with dinner. So it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's cyclical. So that's how I do that. And I'm also, you know, the good news, bad news is I'm, I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing, meaning when you and I are at dinner, I've never seen you pull out a phone and I don't pull out a phone. Right there. We are there. So it doesn't, it's not a suck of energy. It's actually a wonderful, you know, rejuvenation. So when you do do it, you can't be like half-assed about it. You have to be, okay, I'm going to have dinner. And that's what I'm doing. Put the phone away, put everything else away. Even if you're talking business, doesn't matter. You, you got to be present or you never feel that, you know, it's, it's like not sleeping well. You know, you're never in a REM phase. You have to really be in everything you do when you're there. Yes. And, and I so agree with this because I, you of course are in, you know, New York city and you're invited out from everyone, everybody, like you said, you're asked to be on podcast. You're asked, I can just picture everybody, all the hotels, all the venues, everybody. Can I take you to dinner? Can I do this? And I, I, I so see that how you have to finally say no to some things, but I, although I'm not getting invited to go out to dinner all the time, <laughs> I, I get like invited to do so much. And I now have had to learn that we're basically saying, well, she can't do that till July. I mean, you know, my, she can't do that till then. And that was never, I was always, I can do it. I can get it done. Me too. Me and, too. And, no. no. And I do agree with being in the moment because I really get annoyed when you're out to dinner, including, you know, I mean, Lefty and I, when we're just home, because we're, we work together and we'll sit yep. down at the table and we're trying to eat and like, just have a life for five and a half minutes. In a restaurant, we never pull out the phone, but I noticed just like the last few months, we sit down and then all of a sudden we're both looking at an email that came in from Europe because we're trying to, you know, we're rebooting. Everything is coming exactly. so fast. I agree. I agree. Destiny yeah. emails at me, but uh, yeah. but Yeah. So yeah. we made a commitment. Like while we're sitting at that bloody table, there's the phone goes away. I mean, we how do you, long do you eat at home? You know, maybe if I was eating your food, but mine's not that hard. No, now we're back to... Uh, to, although Destin's become a great cook, but then now we're back to take out and uh, whatever. And the other thing is we're addicted to like these crazy shows that you really, if you look away for a minute, I have no idea what happens. So that helps like Ozark. Yeah. You, can't oh, miss oh. <laughs> yeah, you can't miss one minute of it. Killed if you miss a moment. So you have to pay attention. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, and that's us too. That's the, you know, cause we can't watch the news. We'll have a breakdown yeah, and a heart exactly. attack. Nope. So, yeah. so humor. And I think, you know, I consider the fact that I'm kind of funny too in a different way, but you actually are hilarious. Okay, Marcy. I mean, honestly, when you get up and give a speech, I mean, you're just up there and you just say it like it is. And you're like, I don't even care if this pisses you off. And, and it's part of your DNA and making an experience very memorable, you know, that your clients walk away with the best night of their life is key. But how do you manage this high level client um, so successfully, in your opinion, when I'm sure sometimes you're like, what the F? Okay. So how do you, do you, in your mind, just go, just breathe? It's a great question because I don't think I did it so successfully when I was, you know, much younger. And I think because basically I wasn't authentic uh, and people, Certainly people who have managed to make billions on their own are not idiots, you know? Right. So, so they, they, I think they sense when you're being 
true to form or when you're like acting. And I think I thought in order to be successful, I was clearly mistaken as I was about so many things that you had, you know, there was a certain vibe. You had to wear a three-piece suit. You had to be business-like. And, and then, and I think you and I talked about this maybe 10, 15 years ago. I was like, you know what? They're not hiring me as their banker. Right. Uh, so, so they're hiring me as a party planner. So I should be fun. I should be exactly who I am. So, you know, as I don't know if people, you know, I have sort of a crazy hair color and Which I love, I, um, and I also, and they all know, I don't think there's one of my clients who, who would say, oh no, she's got a hilarious sense of humor, whether we agree with it or not, you know, right. uh, she definitely is true diploma. And, and most people, most people are really happy if you can diffuse a tense situation with humor. And, and so that's how I roll now. I am, what you see is what you get, you know, in, in our friendship, or when I'm on stage or when I'm with a client, there's, which is not to say I'm disrespectful, but I'm very much who I am, which is also someone who cares deeply. And I think at the same time, they, they, that they pick up my humor. They also pick that up. Yeah. And you're, and you have a heart of gold and you really do. And you, and you know, and we have, we've become good friends. I truly believe that. And we, we've we're, talked in very, deep, very, deep we're like ways. Family. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I remember when I did that Facebook thing where you could have your face, your hair done black, my hair's black. And then I did blonde and then red. And when one came out red, I looked just like you and you go, you can't have that hair. I have that hair. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, well, mm-hmm. I, I do think you're right. You know, they're not hiring. That's what I, even for me, you know, they're not hiring me to come in and do their financials. They're hiring me to come in and organize their staff and, and, you know, give people a little bit of a kick in the butt for, you know, delivering better service and things like that. And, you know, what's happening now is we have a lot of luxury, you know, hotels and luxury venues and, and luxury high-end restaurants that lost a lot of great people. And, you know, that's why they call it the great resignation and they're not coming back. So we're seeing that a lot of young people that have really very little luxury are getting into these hotels, which is great. It's getting, I I look at it this way. It's we're, we're, it's giving us a lot of training because we have to train these people. It's tough. I think on the clients at the beginning, because some planners are like, I don't want to work with you. You've, you know, you came from Kimpton and now you're working at a five-star hotel, but what it did to these young people that I'm seeing is, wow, I never would have got my foot in the door at a five-star resort if this wouldn't have happened. And so so interesting. I didn't realize that that's really fascinating. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and they are good, good people, but they need training and development and they need planners that are a little bit compassionate and say, okay, well, you're going to learn from me, but here's the thing. You better be on top of it. This is what I need you to do because they, they never, and they're, and they literally are working in five-star hotels. So I think it's going to be interesting that when we all talk about working together and we're partners in compassion, I sometimes think we don't do it well enough. You know what I mean? From a planner perspective to a, a catering manager at a hotel. And I think it's a two-way street. So I think that's important. You know, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I have to say, I, I was doing a tasting at a, for a rehearsal dinner at a small restaurant and no one was paying attention to, you know, the, and it's for the groom's parents, blah, blah, blah. So it's not huge moneymaker, whatever, but obviously it's for us and we have a great clientele and I have a big mouth. And so I called one of the owners who's an old friend of mine. I was like, this is not going well. And I realize it's not a big deal, but it is me. Yeah. Uh, Long story short, they pulled out all the stops. I mean, this poor girl was working as the event planner, you know, um, 
a very smart, interesting person, but she came from exactly as you're saying, you know, a less aggrandized uh, establishment. And to your point, they did a great job. The groom's parents were delighted. The food was delicious. Everybody came, mixologist, blah, blah, blah. It was exactly what I wanted, but they weren't going to do that before I complained. And I realized two days ago, I was like, oh, so stupid. I forgot to write a thank you note afterwards. And then I remembered and did that. And I wrote to my friend, the owner and his counterpart and to this young woman and all her bosses about thank you so much for stepping up to the plate. And, and to your point, I would not have remembered to do that. I just, cause it, you can't just like scream at people and then not uh, right. appreciative when they do come through, when they've learned something, right? That's not fair. No. Yeah. And that's such a good point. Such a good point. So our family knows you very well from a very um, person at a personal level and, you know, over the personal. Top, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, over the top <laughs> details and, you know, perfection to a T. I don't think that'll ever stop with you. I mean, you know, you are out there fun and going hundred miles an hour, but you are, that's what Marcy Bloom events is. You are to the T like making it happen. And you do see details, even my involvement with you, you know, many years ago, you were like, no, Cindy, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. And, you know, again, I've not been a planner, but I worked in hotels, but you were like, no. And I love that that's, that's who you are. So knowing everything, you know, from your whole journey, what do you feel really is the future of the luxury event planning world? I think we have to distinguish ourselves from each other more, Um, you know, case in point, and I complained about this on Instagram and then I got huge backlash. So maybe I should have been a little more articulate about about what I meant. But when someone is able to call myself or Colin or Michelle Rago or Brian or uh, Todd or any, you know, any of my colleagues and say, uh, we're just calling around to get prices we have done, that means we have done a crappy job of, right. of distinguishing ourselves from each other. Because, Correct. you know, Todd and I, I mean, he's an enormously talented person, but we could be different species. Rago and I could be different species. So the fact that we have not been able to, to show that uh, means that we have failed. So, and I think, and that means everything from I'm actually investing money, buying more stuff, even though I'm not a decor designer. Right. You right. Know, I'm tired of looking at the same chargers that every single person is using, even the high-end people. It means more custom. It means it's probably going to cost us more to have more and better staff, better trained staff, um, You know, spending time training people. How do you answer the phone? What do you say to people? All the things that perhaps we have been a little lax in because it's uh, it's absolutely necessary. People are spending a lot of money and they deserve and expect to have a custom, a truly custom experience. And I think that couldn't be so true because this is what I've said all along at every, you know, every time we've been speaking on the same stage, I don't think that we differentiate ourselves enough from each other. It be there's it, it kumbaya is one thing, but you know, it at some point we can all learn from each other, but at some point I have to be able to say if I was a luxury planner, Cindy Novotny is different from XYZ because of, 
right? Not that that person isn't good, but if you're looking at me and you're looking at those other three, here's what differentiates me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Oh, I mean, Lynn Easton has, has, has sent me, uh, it was one of my best friends and one of the best planners in the world, you know, producer, planner, has sent me things and I've been like, duh, I can't believe I didn't think to do right. it that way or include it. So, so the positive is that, yeah, we all can learn from each other, but that means when we take it on, we do it in our own way. Exactly. It's copying it's It's using it, you know, as inspiration. Going yeah. It's else. basically insights. It's like insights of the industry. What's trending, what's cool, what's not. And, and I think that is the most important takeaway for anybody that, you know, because there's a lot of planners that are listening to this that are not at your level and they oh, have to start that. <laughs> what? I said, I said, oh, poor things, not at my level. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? You know, like the list you read, you know, if I'm just starting out and I'm, I'm Cindy Novotny, you know, incorporated here, I got to start differentiating myself from the very beginning. And that's, I think, important. So my last question, because it's always people all want to hear all the fun stuff. And uh, if you can share a story or two of one of the best or craziest memories in planning, because you've got these uber luxury events or just some of the crazy things or, you know, something that's like people go, wow, how fun. Can you share something? I mean, uh, you know, we I think we're allowed to say now that we we did uh, Jen Gates's, you know, wedding in the fall, which was an extraordinary experience. What, what an amazing, amazing experience. And for all of us who were involved, because it's been published, you know, on, I mean, Rishi, myself, um, all, you know, Alon did part of the music. I mean, it was, that's the kind of thing where every 10 minutes you're like, am I really standing in this tent with these people? You know, just, yeah. So, um, but at the same time, you know, it was, uh, a two month installation that was very anxiety producing. Yes. To say the least. So, so that was uh, really something. The pictures and, were wild. Yeah. It was, it was just amazing. The kindest, loveliest, smartest, most tasteful people. But at the same time, everybody came out of the gate at the same time. So we had, you know, like everybody else in this business, we had three in a row that were ginormous, which would never have happened. Uh, that we're still here, more or less, you know. Right. Um, and I've had, uh, I mean, like over the years, I've had some real um, amazing photographs where, you know, you're working with a celebrity, uh, photographs of the, you know, experience, you're working with a celebrity who takes the phones and there's no photographs. And you find out later the reason is because they've just come out of rehab and they shouldn't be seen drinking in publications. So things like that, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, you know, having to go over to someone like Jay-Z or Beyonce and say, I'm sorry, we're taking all cell phones, you know, which is always fun. Yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Z, may I have your phone? Yeah. You know, um, uh, and, and, you know, all sorts of crazy stories uh, where you're in a room full of, you know, very, very well-known basketball players. And I have no idea who anyone is because I don't watch basketball. So you have to, like my friend Harmony, who came and helped us at LeBron's wedding because she knew who every single player was. Thank <laughs> goodness like, for Harmony. Oh, and so, you know, I was like, thank you. I had no idea. Otherwise, I was going to have to like chalk mark. Yeah. Uh, you had to have the little thing in your ear, like exactly. J-Lo and the wedding planner. <laughs> and as you know, we were working with J-Lo and A-Rod on their wedding in Italy before the world shut down. And then they shut down. And they shut um, down. <laughs> um, but... Uh, 
look, as I always say, you can never forget that you're actually, I mean, no matter what, you're not them and you are still the Sherpa. Yeah. And I always say, you know, you could, if you're the help for someone very famous or you're the help for like your next door neighbor, you're still the help. Exactly. I say that all the time. You're never, I'm never the queen and this is never Buckingham Palace. That's what I say. You know, because there's days where I am loving life in a gorgeous resort, like, you know, overlooking Lake Como, sipping the wine. And then there's days that I'm at a select service hotel, just crushing the grapes. So I'm bustling a dress at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, no, no, I got it. You know, I I got it. I love it. Yep. Well, this has been so much fun. I mean, we could go on and on. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, And then when we're off, when we're off camera, we can even go on and on and on more and just really get down and dirty, but we'll just keep it. We'll keep it this way at this point. Right. So um, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know you're very busy and what you said at the beginning, you're always asked and thank you for, for saying yes to me. I so appreciate it. And uh, we've got to, we'll be chatting and seeing each other soon, probably. Um, yes, I hope so. Even yes. if I come out there, one of, I, I would just say to everybody, she says she's, you know, there are days she's in a luxury resort. And what she means is those are the days she's home. Uh, that place is a pretty amazing. I've been lucky enough to be a house guest. In the- oh, well, you're always welcome. Always. <laughs> I'm, I may take you up on that sooner than later. Well, good. All right. Well, join me for my next episode as I sit down with a very special guest. And this, I think, is going to blow people away. This is a 15-year-old, Damian Carnero, and he started listening to my podcast in the car with his mother, who is a travel advisor, as he would go to school. And he said, Mom, this woman is really real. And like, I think... I think I should be on that podcast. He's a hardworking student with a zest for life, and he will be my first young person that I interview because I can't wait to get his perspective on life as a teenager living today. So see you next time.